0: For all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. Today we have a guest. So it is Natalie, but Justin is not here, but don't worry. I brought in the man, the myth, the legend, Charlie Cummings, one of my favorite. Favorite, favorite people to follow on Twitter. An up and coming but amazing writer covers the dubs. He has one of the coolest handles on Twitter, Claytheus. I want to get this correct. It's Claytheus. And then what's the numbers that follow it, Charlie? 11. Gotta have the sticks in there. Uh, see, I'm a, like, of course, it's Claytheus11. Um, if you're a little <laughs> warrior fans, you understand why it's 11. So Claytheus11 um, on Twitter. And just a great basketball man. He does these great threads on Twitter that I love to follow. Really, really um, helps me to better understand the game. So I couldn't think of like a better guest to help fill in today with me for Justin. I'm so happy to have you on, Charlie. Um, If you want to find his work, you can find it at Swish Theory. Um, He's also a fellow podcaster. So I'll let Charlie tell you more about himself. But thank you. Thank you, Charlie, so much. And welcome to the show. Man, what an intro,
0: and uh, you're not kidding, I got big shoes to fill, literally and figuratively with Justin, Um, (laughs) but yeah, like you said, said, catch the most of my work at Claytheist11, Uh, I also do my own show at the Game 6 Clay Pod, shout out to my guys, Matt and Gotham, Uh, I love rocking with those dudes, Um, yeah, I'm I'm just super stoked to be here.
1: Well, I'm super stoked to have you. Justin is too. He's actually quite a little disappointed that he's missing this. Um, We're all in different time zones right now. Typically, Justin and I are both in the East Coast, but Justin is on the West Coast right now temporarily, briefly, like for a little trip. Um, I'm on the East Coast, and um, Charlie is on Mountain Time, right? Is it Mountain Time? That's correct. So, like, we got a little, we got our um, signals crossed a little bit with the time zone. So, he's really disappointed not to be here with you, but... I will do my best to hold down the fort. So, Carly, (laughs) tell us a little bit about yourself, because you're based in Denver, or Colorado, rather, I shouldn't say, I assume, and know the city. But um, how did you become, like, are you a Clay Thompson fan, Warriors fans? How How did you become to follow the Warriors? And is there any connection to the team in terms of, like, Bay Area, like, being from there or anything like that?
0: Yeah, so uh, I was born and raised around there, like, south of the city, uh, around the Menlo Park area. Um, I never never grew up in a big sports household. You know, it was always, my dad didn't really care. My mom was super into baseball, so that's kind of what we watched. And um, my friends were all big Warriors fans, and so I finally got into it. Uh, I want to say around 2011, like, I have vivid memories of that beautiful Harrison Barnes tank Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's kind of where it all got started and I think I really just quickly fell in love with the game like there's just so much available for you to see Um, one of the favorite things my friend uh, Laro uh, at Laro Hoops everyone's got to check him out Uh, but he says that basketball is like trying to drink a waterfall (laughs) he just like never trying to understand it there's always always more than you'll never know and it just fascinated me and so I think really around when the like pandemic started I was like you know what might as well just go for it and try to you know get get into this writing game and it's worked out really well you know I just I have so much fun trying to learn about this team and having other people learn along with me and it helps you meet a lot of great people.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Have you um because I've never played, and I'm very open about that. I don't think you need to have played to cover basketball, but I kind of get double whammies, especially as a woman. It's like, <laughs> oh, you're a woman. Oh, you never played. What do you know? I mean, I don't get that yeah. like, from everyone, but there's still some of that out there. But I think in general, when you haven't played, there's sometimes this uh, notion, like, what are you doing? I, I'm, we've evolved past that as a society, but we still get that. So, like, have you ever played, even if not, like, you know, like I always say, like, Justin played. Everyone doesn't have to play play professionally, but my best friend played basketball. A lot of people around me are hoopers, even though I didn't actually hoop. So I'm always curious yeah. about people who hooped versus who didn't. Yeah, well, we
0: all know Justin's out there. He's posting his highlights every week. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I don't know, does an eighth grade basketball championship count of as a valid playing experience?
1: Of course <laughs> it does. I love that. It's more than I have. <laughs> I talk my shit and I never ever, besides maybe in gym, picked up a basketball. I'm Jamaican, so we're, we're track people in my family. We loved watching <laughs> basketball, but like Jamaica's about track and field. And so that's really the sports that we did and I was a cheerleader and someone tried to tell me cheerleading isn't a sport. I'm like, it absolutely is. But anyway, rude, rude. Yeah. Oh, come on. (laughs) I I see a cheerleader doing
0: anything, and I'm like, I don't have the coordination. I don't have, like, the core (laughs) strength, the jumping skills. Like,
1: uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. I cheered for basketball, though. Like, in my school, we had basketball cheerleaders and football cheerleaders. I never did football. And then the one year, they, like, decided to, like, get rid of having two different squads and, like, combined it. And... I quit after two games. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just cannot cheer for football. So I ended up not cheering that last year, but yeah, I just, I've always been a big basketball fan. And so I don't know, I can't tell you why, but I've just always loved it. And I'm so happy that I get to have a profession talking about it and covering it. Um, And I always admire people who write because I'm a lawyer by training. And so while I can write more like, you know, academic not even academic, but business writing, you know, legal writing. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely like not a creative writer and I have hated writing even when I was a lawyer. So I admire people who write like that is just an incredible skill to have. And so I just look forward to your journey and you continuing on <laughs> with it because you're great. No, seriously.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun being able to tap into something that you really just genuinely enjoy and You know, I I have so many memories of as a kid just like, you know, sitting down and like stealing my mom's laptop and just like writing a bunch of stuff on Word that was just nonsense. And (laughs) now now, you know, to actually have people be like reading my nonsense and looking forward to it. I'm
1: just like, man, this is (laughs) this is very dope. But he's being humble. It's not nonsense. He's excellent. (laughs) Um, one of the things I like about Charlie in general, because I consider myself always to be a student of the game since I didn't play is um, the way he breaks things down in a very, like, common sense way, you know? Like, some people, like, they're great, but it's just, like, over my head, but he really makes it easy for me to understand things and if like again if you're if you're not following Charlie already, you should be especially on Twitter because he does these great breakdowns and he like takes pieces of the game like from each game and he'll do these threads and kind of let you know like what's happening and they're really informative so thank you for the great content and now I think <laughs> we're here to get started so they can hear that wonderful brain of yours. Um, <laughs> last night, the Doves get a victory in Cleveland, down all of their key guys. Not all of them, but four. Four of the key guys. Um, Let me start here. Were you surprised by that win?
0: I mean, I think the lesson that we've learned so far this season is whatever your expectations are, they're probably wrong. (laughs) So (laughs) in hindsight, it's not surprising at all. But when I was watching it in real time, I'm just like, Man, this just feels so weird like usually usually the warriors are the team that are kind of, you know, beating themselves and right. you know I don't want to I don't want to take away from how they performed last night, but it just felt like, you know, Cleveland was kind of stumbling over things. They didn't look like the confident team and the warriors were just they were firing offensively. I mean, yeah. taking what 43s making over half of them like they they really brought it and especially like you said on a night where they're down their key contributors, it was it was huge to come out with some energy early and you know even leading after the first quarter to me was surprising. I was like, hey, that's a moral victory right there. And then they just kept piling on and piling on. So yeah, I love to see it. And you especially love to see Jonathan Kaminga back, Jamichael Green's back, and he looked pretty good. Uh Ty Jerome just balling whenever he's called on so a big it was a fun jerome
1: guy. we're gonna get to that but you're you're a big tie jerome guy um mm-hmm. they had a lot of energy and intensity last night something by the way that we love to have on golden spaces we often do like a vibe check and see what the vibes are and even if the <laughs> golden state warriors are not giving us immaculate vibes justin and i always have the vibes so um Hope you have vibes for today, Charlie. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I wish I would have said this because people were like, yeah, sure, that, But I really did think they were going to win the game. Um, but we didn't record after the Boston game. And we're going to get into Boston guys in the next segment. But we didn't record after the Boston game because I was up in Boston um, covering the game. So by that time, afterwards, it's kind of late. So, we, we, and when they have back to back, sometimes we don't record after the first game, we'll record after the second game. So, mm-hmm. um, but I thought they were going to win. I was like, you know, before this road trip, Justin and I, well, Justin definitely is out of the prediction game because we've been just <laughs> off this season. Um, but we were like, look, the goal should be to just come out with a winning. Road like record, you know. So three and two, um four and one would be ideal, and it could have been four and one because they really should have won in Boston. They should have gotten that Boston game. Or some fans will say they should have should have beaten Chicago, but I, like I actually felt like the Boston game was the one they should have won because Chicago mm-hmm. just kind of came out with more intensity, energy. They just seemed to really want that game more. Which I, it's not that I don't think the Warriors want it, but you know, it was still like the first couple of games back from injury for people. So, but I, I Boston, they just had in control. Right. And they sort of let it go. And so um I, I do think they should have been four and one, but whatever they're three and two. And like, that was the goal. Like you just want to start winning more games on the road than you lose mm-hmm. they did this road trip. And I mean, you got to say Cleveland is the most impressive one. Right. So to do that, being down Steph, Dre, Clay, and Andrew Wiggins, like you got to give them credit. So. Um, I don't know. I I think I just, I just had a feeling and I remember even last season and this team is very different, but the baby dubs had a tendency of like showing up for games and they'd won a couple or they would keep it competitive and keep it close. And I sort of feel like Jordan is starting to really finally get into rhythm for the season. Um, You know, I knew Ty Jerome was going to want to, like, show out. Mm-hmm. They were getting Kaminga back. Um, no matter your feelings on Jermichael, they were getting him back, too. So I I thought there was a chance. And I knew Cleveland was going to likely be down Donovan Mitchell. Um, they haven't been playing that well lately. So I just thought that they had a, a chance. And I kind of felt like they were going to sneak away with the win. And they did, so I'm happy.
0: You thought right. And, hey, Justin called it, too. I saw him, like, right after they dropped the injury report. He's like, they're going to win by five. <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> he had it down. Zach, okay. <laughs> he had it down. Yep. Maybe he should get back in the prediction game. Um, but, no, like you said, being down all the contributors, like all the key ones is huge. But one guy sticking through our Ironman, Kevon Looney, he's just – like, the way that this, the way that he can sort of, like, mold what he needs to do on the floor, and especially against a team like Cleveland where, you know, you're dealing with Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Kevin Love. Like, yes. they got size. They and do. this – I think the most surprising thing for me was that Golden State pretty handily won the battle on the boards last night. And that's almost entirely because of Kavan. I mean, you know, 17 boards is no joke, but – the way he's just able to like tip the ball free to—he's so smart about knowing, hey, you know, I can win this battle, so I can go for this board, or hey, I'm at a bit of a disadvantage. Let me just try to bat it out, and you know, let let Dante get involved, let Jonathan Kaminga get involved, like let all these other guys sort of crash the glass from a secondary point and help clean up these defensive possessions because we've seen them lose in the second chance game a lot. And that was easily a way that Cleveland could have turned it last night. So shout out to him for really controlling that because it's so huge having a guy that you can depend on every night to just control his aspects of the game. You know, he's not going to play outside of what he wants to do. He's within himself and he's just, he's just rock solid. (laughs) It's so awesome to see. And uh, with, with Jordan too, I mean, I think, one of the bigger questions for his career is consistency. Like how can he contribute on a night to night basis? And he has just been on an absolute tear. I mean, over his last, over his last 12 games, he's got 11, 20 point games. Yeah. Like that, (laughs) that, that is not the player that we saw early in the season and.
1: No, it wasn't. And I think, I I don't think, the fan base was being that fair to Jordan. And I'm not saying that like he wasn't making mistakes and didn't have to clean up things. But I think, I think people really um what's the right word? Maybe it was just wishful thinking. Maybe they just really want to move on past it. And the team doesn't talk about it much, but I don't think people really understood the gravity of like the Draymond situation and any lingering impact that that would have had. Um, and then I don't I don't know that people really appreciate like what it's like to kind of be yo-yoed around in the, in the lineups, you know, meaning like you're starting, you're going to the bench, your, your role is different in the beginning of the season. They were trying to have him be much more of a facilitator and set people up, you know, Um, when Wiseman was on the court. And I I don't think that's his natural game, you know, Jordan's Mm -hmm. a scorer. Um, I think he's like, a slightly above average playmaker. I don't think he's that great at it yet. And I don't know if he will become that, but I I just think like he's being asked to do a lot. He's still a young player. He's still learning. So there's just so many things. Um, And also who they had out there on the court with him, you know, like asking him to move that unit, you know? So um, I'm so proud of him. And I like, I just still see so much potential in him.
0: I think the thing too, I mean, obviously we've beat to death the struggles of the bench and asking him to carry that unit is a lot, but you know, when you, when you hear guys like, you know, some of the more legendary six men, like the Jamal Crawfords, Lou Williams, Monte Ginobili's, they say so much of that is mental because, you know, you're sitting on the bench for the first five, six minutes, and you're just watching and collecting data and seeing, okay, this is how they're playing this action this is what they're trying to do offensively, defensively. Like, you can kind of pick up some parts of the game. And then so by the time they check in, like, they know how to attack. They know exactly where to go. Um, And I don't think it's a knock on Jordan to say he's not there yet. You know, that's that's something that really comes with time.
1: Time, yeah. And
0: when he's in the starting lineup and it's his job to bring the energy right from the start, he's a different player. And that's – you know, part of that is a credit to how much better – this warrior starting lineup is, and that they can just, you know, like on the nights when Clay rests, and they can just throw Jordan in there, and it doesn't really feel like they lose much of a step at all. That's a huge credit to Jordan because he comes out, he plays hard, and it really helps him carry that momentum forward. Like he's so much better when he starts because he can just come out and attack right from the jump, um, and especially recently. I mean, we've seen him. I think he was kind of struggling to find. Um, sort of like the process early in the yeah. year offensively, you know, you could see possessions where it kind of felt like, yeah, he, he I think he kind of decided he was going to take a mid range jumper before he even started this drive. Right. You know, and now he's, now he's seeing, okay, I started this drive. I got a good angle. Time to get to the rim. Like right. he's, he's being a little more reactive and a little more creative. And even though it's not translating to that playmaking, like you said, I mean, the scoring has just been, so much better because he's getting to the line he's getting to the cup and it just helps raise his floor you know like when the shot from deep isn't falling he can still get you you know 18 20 points because he's just generating more consistent offense now
1: absolutely um And I asked him about that. I spent almost like two weeks recently in the Bay and I asked him about like his approach, like when he's starting versus being on the bench. And he, he spoke to that, like just kind of the differences um, in that. And like, you know, you kind of get a feel for the game more quickly when you start than, you know, when you're coming off the bench. And so, you know, I hope that kind of put to rest or helped, to shed light on the theory that um, Dubs Twitter seems to have. Like he doesn't want to play his best when he comes off the bench versus starting. Cause it's just so silly to me. I'm um, such a silly narrative. Um, and they really give him a hard time, but um, I think he's coming along great. And I'm seeing the improvements and I couldn't be happier.
0: Yeah. And I think on, you know, as the overall engagement, sort of rises you've seen him be more active defensively like he's I I think the lap you know there have been so many defensive lapses throughout the year but he's starting to cut back on those he's starting to you know provide some more helpful on ball reps um and especially in help you know like I love seeing when he can like identify a play and you know he's like oh this guy's in the post you know I'm in the corner all right he just looked off my man time to dive inside and like go for the strip and those are the plays that he really does need to make because we've seen a lot of guys on this team. It's, it's not the worst thing in the world if you're not going to be, you know, Gary Payton, Dante Iggy at the point of attack. But if you can make impact elsewhere, you know, like help with cleaning up the glass, help make some good rotations. Um, just don't be the guy who breaks the defense off the ball. Cause you know, you missed a cutter or like you, rotated late and now this guy's over a screen and you got to go under like it's the little things like that that I think he's really improving on so if you can go from being like a complete liability to just sort of a manageable part of a defense especially with the pieces that they have around him uh, I think you're gonna see a lot more confidence from him going forward on the defensive end of the floor
1: agreed didn't I tell y'all Charlie so great this sounds like a really good time for us to break. I want to talk about the game some more and kind of actually dig into some of the players who really stood out last night. So let's break here, and then we can come back and talk about that. Um, you're tuned in to Golden Spaces and Odyssey Original Podcast today. Charlie and Matt, we will be right back. <laughs>